What's up, guys? Welcome back to the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. It's Make the Jump with your host here, Robin Vote, the man you know my voice. And of course, sitting across from me, and like what I usually say with Scott Inch, who hosts Talking Far, Far Away, he's across the pond. My good friend, Mr. Details, is across the pond here on Make the Jump. D, what's going on this evening, my friend? It's all good. <laughs> love it. Love it. It's always good with details, man. Let me let me start off with this. I listened to you and Steel Saunders break down some great stuff. I mean, that's that was a fantastic conversation. Number one, let, let's break into this a little bit because I walk in and I see Solo, all right? And we finally get transported. We finally get to see Kessel, number one, in a Star Wars movie. And number one, my friend James on the podcast network here, he's like, dude, they just canonized the Pikes. They just put them right in a Star Wars film. I'm like, heck, yes. <laughs> and then suddenly this character shows up. And, you know, of course, Kira is approaching him and everything. And I'm like, whoa, like, what's the stuff coming out of his mask there and everything? And, and I just love that character of, uh, I believe I'm saying it right. Is it Quay Tolsite? That's correct. Quay. Oh, wow. Quay. Yes. Wow. First time around. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> and, and later on, I go back and I look at the IMDB for it and I'm like, no way details was was behind that suit. And I was like, yep, details was behind that suit. So let me let me ask you this question first. What was it like being in Solo, a Star Wars story? And to play a character like that, I know, of course, he didn't have a lot of time on screen, but he he was pretty B.A., as I like to say, in those roles, because he was like trying to tell Kira what's going on, what's good here on Kessel and everything. <laughs> oh, wow. There's a few questions you kind of kind of wove into that one right there. Yeah, <laughs> but... yeah. <laughs> it was no, it was absolutely amazing. It. Just imagine you just being there, yeah? It's like that, yeah. you know? Um, and But the main thing is, I mean, obviously I've worked on on, what's on The Force Awakens, Rogue One, The Last Jedi, and now Solo, mm-hmm. right? So they all kind of have their, their tone and fit somewhere in the universe, and you're aware of it when you're filming it, you know? Very much, very much from the point of view where I may not have been in Jedi before, but it feels and looks a hell of a lot like a Star Wars place, <laughs> you, know? For sure. you know. So, so you kind of, you kind of get. I kind of get that vibe when I'm on set like that. And then it's, it's never. Oh, it's never. It's never. Oh, it's never just one thing. It's never mm-hmm. just one thing in in these in these movies that that any of us do. There are um, loads of creature performers that do multiple characters all the way through the movie. Right. You know, um, and then and then they may land one creature that has a feature part, and then and then they're known for that feature, that that feature creature, right? right? And then it maybe sometimes, maybe somewhere down the line, you find out, oh, they were doing other little bits in there too. Yeah, you see, it's it's one of those family experiences with the CFX department. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and it's and mm-hmm. it's a lot like the skate community and the snowboarding community. I mean, I, I got into snowboarding during, during the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Christian Stevenson, who is now DJ barbecue. I don't know if you heard of him. But oh, you can yeah. Okay. But yeah. Mm-hmm. He used to host rad, which, which did all these, which took these young kids from nowhere across the States and got them skating in skate parks and everything like that. Wow. And I ran into Sony. And then um, he told me what he did, 
And then he put me in touch with Neil McNabb at Community Snowboarding uh, Snowboarding uh, Community. And then it was like um, snowboarding camps. And then um, I'm snowboarding. You know, I picked it up within about a week on the dry slope, then went on the snow and was kind of doing jumps on the second day. Kind of, wow. you know. Impressive. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was I was doing like backflips. Or, oh, actually, nearly. But... <laughs> <laughs> But I was trying to be smart about it because it was sure. just the beginning of the holiday. But um, yeah, so so from there and in the band, I was styling the band or whatever and, and, and stuff like that. And it kind of, I kind of fell into this 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 slot just after after the band where I was styling for people. So I I dressed mm-hmm. or, or gave accessories to um, Shania Twain when she was the biggest female selling artist in the world. Um, Avril Lavigne. Um, I did exhibits, uh, photo shoot for his European promotion, um, all that kind of stuff back when. And then I got headhunted to do uh, some styling for um, a, a Pikachu um, video or something, and it had skaters in it. And then the skaters, the skaters wanted to get rid of the stylist because the stylist didn't know what the legit gear was. And then someone heard about me, so then I turned up with with everything, <laughs> you know, <laughs> details of the rest of it. You know, but then I kind of sunk into that community for a while because I just yeah. found a lot of peace out there on the slopes, you know, mm. um, and your family when you're with the snowboarders, you know, um, you're lucky if there's one or two skiers that kind of <laughs> dig you. Um, but, but, but there was a family there and then it crossed mm. over because a lot of those snowboarders were skateboarders, right? right? And, yeah. And, and you just fit into this mindset. You know the style. You know the you know how they think to an extent in terms of what attitudes and what we're into and and how you're vibing and, and all that mm. kind of stuff. And I find myself in a CFX department, and there are there are people that work in animatronics, people that work in molding, sculpting, uh, fabrication. They do all, painting. They do all these things, and we all hang out. <laughs> right? Wow. We all we all kind of hang out in 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 that working environment sure. and everyone's doing their bit contributing contributing and it's such an a unified synchronized feeling mm. to be a part of a team that brings a character on to life so it's kind of so so you're in the process of doing that and you may have a few characters to do because i'm trying to i'm trying to think now i i did one two three characters in solo Mm. yeah so and so the third one came about midway through so i thought i was getting i was getting ready to rap or they were going to tell me i was done or anything like that and then brought in for a fitting for this for this character he carried keys and he had this big square block thing on his head Mm. or hexagon thing on his head and and i thought and and the eyes were lit up and i was thinking oh that's cool and anything if you've got eyes that glow it's all good right that's right so I'm like, okay, well, so I'm in the background or something, you know, what am I doing? I say, yo, you work in like the control room or something in in Kessel. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I know Kessel, but okay, control room. All right. So I'm background, I might be background milling about or doing something. Mm. Then, it, then it kind of gets revealed that, oh no, he's got more to do. You know, he runs the mines and, and I'd seen the set. You know, not thinking I was going to be a part of that set. Cause I, I saw the Falcon Park there, and and they were shooting some bits and pieces with droids and um and and slaves being dragged about and 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 doing all kinds of things out there. Mm. And then um 
so he slowly is revealed to me that, oh, yeah, you run that place. I'm like, oh. okay. I'm like, all right, all right, cool. <laughs> but what does that mean? <laughs> right? right, yeah, what, what am I going to have to do here? Yeah, yeah, but that's in my head because I yeah. try not to ask too many questions and just let – because if I start asking one question, I want to start asking loads, and I don't want to bug them, like <laughs> yeah, So that's true. You know? and, and, and I'm trying to hold down my geek status, you know, to that's a certain true. point. I'm doing quite well. I'm not sure if they found out. <laughs> but, you know, I, I then find out that he's got this to do or whatever. And then I was talking to Justin Pitalecki about the design, like, because he said he made it or whatever, sculpted it. And, and he says, yeah, I'm not quite sure. You might need to speak to, speak to Jake about it. Jake or Luke uh, Fisher. So I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I speak to Jake and Jake says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a reworking of... Um, of a pike, you know, he's kind of like the live, live right. action version of, of, of these, these creatures. I've had to adapt it so that it works for the screen and, and so on and so forth. And, and his suit um, is protecting him from, from the fumes and gases on Kessel and it's a failing suit or whatever. So he's telling me all this stuff and I'm just thinking, man, I'm a pike. <laughs> right? right? Seriously. Seriously. It's like, whoa, holy cow. Like, it's like, I, I don't, I can totally picture you in the moment where you're like listening to it and deep inside of you details is like asking himself questions. He's like, am I really filling this role? Am I really doing this right now? His mouth was moving. So I'm guessing about what he, the rest that he said, but <laughs> right, um, essentially. <laughs> that is so cool, man. Right, so, so then, so then I'm like, okay, cool. So, so I'd already seen the past episodes of, of the Clone Wars, right. so I, that's how I knew about them. Um, so I went onto YouTube to find um, any clips that I could find of mm. them because it wasn't being aired, right? And I didn't own the, the DVDs; I hadn't owned the DVDs yet. So, um, so I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, that's right. And it's Anakin and Obi Wan, and and yes, and I was just like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And I realized that where his status was to an extent. But I wasn't overthinking these things. It was just kind of washing over me because these were sure. these things were happening days apart. Right. And then went in and was told to go and see um, Andrew Jack, the voice coach, and um, he plays a few characters here and there and stuff That's like that. You cool. see him in the like, it's around the table. And he's also in The Last Jedi. He's uh, the, the commanding officer, I think it is, I'm guessing, oh, um, cool. who walks out onto the salt flats and looks through the binoculars. Oh, yes, okay. Yeah. With the white hair, very yeah. distinguished. <laughs> so, so I had to go and see him, um, voice coach, dialect coach, and then he told me, "Yeah, we're gonna, it's got to sound really kind of disgusting," and and he starts making these retching sounds, and and so we start doing this <laughs> in his trailer, and um, I started adding all these dirty burp kind of sounds underneath it, and then he said, "Perfect, perfect," and then we were ready to go, and then next thing you know, we're being taken. Onto the set, I was introduced to Amelia, Woody, Phoebe um, at the time because it was a control room first. Mm -hmm. Well, part of the control room first. And then, yeah, what was beautiful. And yeah, but then also what's also beautiful about that is that my whole family were in that room. So you had all the guys doing all the um, animatronics and the oh, remote control. That? Either on the inside um, or on the outside operating the droid puppets, puppets that were up against the oh, wall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you knew they were puppets, but they were operating those guys. Um, so it was, 
it felt really, really cool. It felt really natural. It felt really kind. I felt really supported as an artist being in there and with this caliber of, of people just chatting to you and having a laugh and you're thinking, wow. wow. <laughs> I can imagine that's, and you said it perfectly, There, there is that comfort level that you walk into that scene with everybody from the CFX department there and you're kind of walking in and, and your family's watching you. It's like, wow, these are the people that I interact with on an everyday basis. That comfort level must just be palpable. Like you're just in there and you're doing what you're doing and you know that you got that support group around you. I mean, I always reflect on it as, you know what? There's so much negativity amongst the Star Wars fandom right now. There's so much stuff that's going around. And it's so great that you say the word family because that's truly what it's all about. Star Wars is a family-focused franchise. It's what it is. It's a family event. That's what it It is. is. You know, each time there's a movie come out for that generation, it's for the the kid in that generation to follow. And you're supposed to guide them like the Obi-Wan. You know, saying, oh, well, I know about the story. Yes, 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 yes. And, and, and because it's for them, you can't start picking it apart like an adult. You know, yeah, it's, true. You, you, you wouldn't pick apart the Rebels cartoon, no. you know. So therefore, you can't do it to these movies because these movies aren't for, you, for that age, for your age group. They're yeah. for kids. It's for two year olds upwards, right? So from the time you see them, for some, no, it's from 12 year olds. That's yeah. the PG thing, right? But <laughs> right. it's and families, you know? So that's who it's for. You know, I can't, I, I wouldn't watch a Transformer movie and, and start picking it apart. I know what I'm watching. <laughs> you, have <a> pretty, <laughs> you have a pretty clear idea that there's robots fighting each other. I don't think that there's anything beyond that that you really have to critique when it comes to Transformers for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I, it's important. The thing is, I those movies because I grew up um, on Spielberg and, and George Lucas, obviously, but the big blockbusters, summer blockbusters, yes. that's what I grew up on. When Transformers comes out, it's a blockbuster. It's an event. I go and see it. I go and enjoy it. Yeah. You know, um, as, the, as the kid who loved, loved the cartoons but now gets to see them as, as live-action movies. You know, I've yeah. lived long enough to, to see them as a live-action movie. Yeah, anyone mentioned that back in the day, you'd think, nah, that's going to look terrible. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Keep it on TV and, and, and leave it the way it is because it's good. And that's also how I look at Star Wars sometimes too is like, yeah, it's so great that we're having it in so many different formats. So we're getting that television aspect. We're getting that animated aspect. And then sometimes we get that bridging moment where they kind of take aspects of the films and bring it into the animated universe. And it's something that I think that Star Wars and Lucasfilm in particular has hit on the mark in some of these places. But also, when you have something like The Last Jedi that comes out and tells you to your face, you don't know everything you think you know about this story. (laughs) And it opens up all these other chapters, all these other avenues and things you thought you knew. You have to rethink things. Oh, that's not the story that I thought was happening. That, That is... It's just taken it beyond the realm of 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 um of what you would expect to see. Yes. You know, everything's a surprise, and it's still fresh. You may you may know the characters. You may know oh they use some something called the force. You know, and one mm. one guy might have a blaster, one guy might have a laser sword or something or whatever. You know, but, but the story and the content that's where a lot of the richness is. You mm. know, and when it washes over a kid at this level. It means so much more to them when they watch it when they get older. Yes, very you know, good point. because then it's not just the entertainment value that kids are taking in; they're taking in 
the good guys and the bad guys. I've sat I've sat watching movies with 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 a little um, my neighbor's five year old and he's mm-hmm. and he's whispering, is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy or bad guy? And I'm pointing out which one so he knows which one to support. Right. So if he knows which one to support, then he knows the kind of morals and those values and those kinds of um dichotomies that uh, a young adult may go through or things that he may or may not be able to relate to yet, but yeah. he's entertained by something that keeps him supporting Ray or Finn, you know, yeah. um, and, you know, it's, it's entertainment. It's family, it man. But that's, but that's when we watch it and we grin from ear to ear, it's because, oh my goodness, there's a piece of my childhood still, still in development. Yeah. <laughs> you know? that's, that's a really good point. It's still a piece of our childhood that somebody is willing to take the time, put the money into, and really work on to make sure that it, that entertainment still sits there, no matter how old we are. I mean, Star Wars isn't going anyway anytime soon. No, oh no, 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 it ain't going nowhere. And 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 the thing is, it's also I have to bring in the fact that Neil Scanlon mm-hmm. understands this stuff too. Neil Scanlon is a fan. That's why he's yeah. doing this, right? And I truly believe that this is what aids and, and helps the entire um, CFX department in terms of how he brings in all these people together that can work together yeah. and understand what the hell everyone's doing. You know, there are yeah. things that, that defy logic that I've seen, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, right. oh, my goodness, you know, Um but then with, with and going back to control room, mm-hmm. my first my first um, rehearsal was not in costume with the principals and with um, the crew and um, my CFX um, family in that room, just watching to see what was going to happen. You know, and the first thing that comes out of my mouth is <laughs> all, all the way all the way around the room. And Phoebe is actually um, <laughs> interpreting what it is I'm saying, wow. and, and and you know you know you can only do you can only jump in that far when you feel supported and you and you and you know and you got your poodoo together. So it's kind of you know <laughs> the team's there and and yeah. everybody's just and but that's that's the energy of it. But um but yeah he did he did die quite quick he did die quite quick. Yeah. But I knew. He was disgusting. I like that term. It wasn't even that Quay was, was just somebody who could just hang around for a little bit longer. And I, and it's coming straight from D himself. Nah, he had to go. He was just a disgusting guy. He, he, had, he had no business being around any longer at that point. No, he had it coming. You know, when they landed, you know, he was like, let me see what this is all about. And he's like, "What are they chatting about? Hang on, let me, just come with me and let me introduce you to how I run this uh, place." And then you, true. What you want. And if I'm not happy with what you want, I'm going to enslave you. That's what that's what he was going to do. Mm. And so when everything kicked off, you know, and and that door closed and <laughs> and Woody's yeah, blasters around and taking out my whole my whole uh, my whole office. Yeah, Kira came and gave me a good whooping. So it, you know, it was it was it was well deserved, and it was brilliant. It was just so cool. <laughs> and I love how the character of Quay—I mean, very serious heading into it, very uh, malicious in, in the way. Like, hey, like you just said, D. You know, you get yourself in a situation here. If I don't like what you're going to hear, I'm going to enslave you. And then suddenly, what happens is along the lines of, <laughs> you know, gets himself in the room, 
And then it becomes a very humorous scene in, in a way too, because L3 is like, whoa, like, hold, hold on a second. I did not expect that whatsoever. Yeah. But, but the thing is, it's the style of it. I mean, I That's knew true. it was going to, I knew it was, it was going to fit that, that little slot sure. because it was part of, I could tell with the pace of what I had to do, how quick that scene was going to be, Yeah, you know, and yet it needed to be, I knew it was going to get screen time because it needed to happen for them to get gain control of the control room. Right. Right. So it's kind of like, well, either someone's talking about this and we're seeing flashbacks or this is going at a quick pace because they're going sure. one moment, two moments, three moments, you know, and the style of that takedown, you know, that's the stunt team, man. You know, um, they nailed it. The not brothers, not brothers. It was it was Darren Knopp who, who was doubling me. Um, I think David stepped in a couple of times or mm -hmm. once or twice, his brother. And it was um, Fierce who, who um, stepped in for Amelia. But they were just amazing. And it was Ron. Ron, man. Ron who said, <laughs> that's good. That, I like that. So when they came back saying, oh, man, we could take him down even worse than that. We could throw him around the room. <laughs> you know, you could <laughs> And his head going, ah! <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Ron just said, oh, no, no. This is cool. This is cool. And it was because it was so stylish. Yes. It was classy. Yeah, artistically, when you're watching it, too, just the way that it happens, it's like, whoa, like it took you off guard for a second using L3's quote right there. And and I'm so glad that you mentioned Ron Howard because that's his style. Like, it's so great that the CFX team and Ron Howard, throughout this film, throughout Solo, I mean, in so many different ways, they were on key with everything that happened in it. And you getting to fill that role and obviously a bunch of other roles in uh, Ron Howard's project here in this Great, fantastic film for the fans. It's just so great to sit back Look, and see the way that it I moves. Mean, Ron, yeah, Ron knows this stuff, you know, yeah. um, and anything that he wants to figure out, everybody's there to say, oh, well, this is how we could do it. And this, you know, and yeah. and um, the support network is right there, even even from having um, Lawrence Kasdan or John Kasdan on set with him um side by side when he's working out how, to, how he's going to frame something or whatever just making sure it's right and, and it fits with the pace and oh it's just so collaborative like that then it was it was lovely to be a part of lovely and mm. I, I yeah in one of those scenes um i think it's the uh the sabat games back game me and tom bell reprising our laughing character roles because we were Kratinus and, and Prashi, Prashi and Kratinus in, in The Force Awakens in Maz's oh, castle. Scene, yeah. And they they teamed us back up for, for these mole-faced looking guys. I think, I can't remember what they're called. And yeah, Ron, yeah, Ron snapped a picture. We, we, we did a selfie. So I don't know where that, I don't know where that picture's gone. <laughs> Ron, <laughs> where's it at, buddy? <laughs> Ron, where's that picture? I want that picture up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> People don't believe that I work for you, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it out there. That's for sure. We'll make sure it happens. Yeah, but then, but then things like that. I thought I was coming in. That was one of the first one of the first creatures I got to do. But just before that, there was a worker who then ends up as part of one of the cloud riders with the lizard face, and he mm -hmm. stood kind of to, to the left hand side of Han Solo. When you've got that still image of him stood there, but he's looking like this, oh, and the yeah. desert's behind him. Um, so it's a lizard face guy there. I did I, I did um, some bits in Corellia which they didn't need or didn't use um, for for the for the first few weeks, 
And I thought, okay, so he's done. And then I think then we did we were doing in um, the Sabak game or whatever. So me and Tom were were working really hard in in those scenes. And so I just thought that was it. I thought, okay, cool, cool, cool. Wow, ah, oh, wow. Yeah, we had we had a good run. You know. <laughs> Oh, great. Sorry. All right. And, and this, this comes, but it's like Last Jedi, man. It, I had no idea Slow and Low was going to be Slow and Low. And yeah. next thing you know, Joseph Gordon Levitt doing the voice. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you get to be in the suit and Gordon Levitt does the voice. Yeah. And then and then they name him after a Beastie Boys song. I'm like, <laughs> how does this happen? How does this yeah. just happen? So. From 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 not from not being told anything or not knowing anything because they haven't decided anything, right? <laughs> right. But going from zero to that being everywhere, it's it's absolutely nuts. And the same thing with with Quay. And it's mm. wasn't it was one thing after another. It was okay. So he's got something specific to do. Okay, right. Um, and then it is. Oh, okay. So. Um, not only has he got something specific to do, but he has to really interact. Okay, sure. so he has to interact with principles. Okay, cool. Then he has to get his his butt whooped um, by the mother of dragons. Right. That I will, I will, I will happily take that all day long, right? But um, and then after that, in no entwined with that, you know it's a pike. Hmm. You know, so so these things mm. just keep layering and layering and layering, and. I, from the first day on set in in um, the spaceport of Corellia, yeah. I it, it, I knew this was the com- this was the complete marrying of animation uh-huh. and live action. It felt oh. like we were shooting a Rebels movie. How cool is that? And, absolutely. And then I'm I'm like, okay, so I'm getting the pace now, and this is family. This is block. This is summer blockbuster family. Yeah. And that and that's and that's what I saw on the screen. But I did. I had that very powerful feeling, and and that was before even being introduced to a pike. You know, um, <laughs> after being introduced to a pike is a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so it's 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 always it's always profound. But but that um but the stories the stories are always great because we never know script and everything like that. So when we're watching it, I'm just I'm just head over heels excited anyway. Yeah, you're kicking back, you're taking in everything that you, and again, watching the film, I'm sure that you're transported right back to, I remember what I had to go through to do that. I remember all of the time and effort and just that experience. No, no, no. Oh, no I do that through the photos because you can uh-huh. stare at them long. Yeah, in the movie, it, it moves too quick. Oh, interesting. So, so, so it's almost like a, it's almost like a, a second flashback. Interesting. Um, like oh. I, remember, I remember standing there in that lineup. And and Han coming out and saying, "You see that freighter down there? We got thirty hired guns, <laughs> right? All I gotta do is that, <laughs> yeah." So I, I even remember that. So um, I remember standing there pointing my blaster at him. <laughs> you know? Wow. So it's yeah, it's more personal. Yeah, but I don't. But, but see, I will I will remember that when I see that in the film. But I don't remember. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I had to walk there in the sand, and then then they had to put this this mask on my head that I could see through, which was the same shape as the lizard mask. And then they had to put on another mask, which was the kind of like onion, onion shaped head or mm-hmm. whatever that he had on top of that. And then I had to work out how I was going to breathe. 
So I was, <laughs> so I'm not thinking about any of that. Wow. I'm just thinking about, yeah, that's me stood right there. I remember stood standing there pointing my plaster. That's such a good way of looking at it, man. Because I've talked to others, some CFX people, some people who've worked on other styles of films, you know, like the Predator films and stuff like that. Yeah. And the first thing they think about is, oh, I remember the hot sweats I had to go through in the suits and everything. So it's so refreshing to hear that because you should look at the product. I imagine and be like, no, that that's me right there, man. That that's me. Dude, and that's dude let me ask, let me ask you if you're on if you're working on a Star Wars set. What the hell you got to complain about? That's <laughs> for sure. That is so freaking true. There's nothing you know? to complain about. <laughs> no, and 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 look and look at where I'm. I'm looking at where I am. I'm looking at what I'm doing. I'm I'm constantly 100% grateful. I get the opportunity to to pour everything that I know and love uh, about being a performer. Yeah. And all the things that inspired me as a child to be this performer and thinking that when they were making the prequels, I was never going to be seen because they're shooting it in, was it Australia they filmed it or New Zealand? Yeah, Australia, yeah. right? Yeah. So they're filming out there. So no one's going to want to see me to fly a Mr. Nobody out there to, into, over there to Oz to be in Star Wars. Yeah. And, and, and they didn't, right? Yeah. So... No one thought there was going to be any more Star Wars movies after the prequels, thinking, right. okay, well, he's going to stick with six. Maybe he's not going to do the nine, but okay, six may be right. You know, and then they start talking about it and whispering about it, and then I'm hearing about um, the open call auditions, and I'm thinking, man, I ain't going to bother. Man, I ain't going to bother. <laughs> Look, right. I'm just, I mean, they were filming 24 over here. I couldn't get seen, right? They're right. filming Avengers Age of Ultron, I think it was at the time. At the time I'm thinking, yeah. I'm like, Ain't nobody seeing me for that. <laughs> right? Well, what yeah. am I doing trying to stand in line and be seen for Star Wars? Right? I was just like, I was just like, I can, I can, I'm gonna have to appreciate watching this on the screen and know it's knowing it's been filmed here. That's the only way I'm gonna be able to appreciate this movie. Um, having not been able to have a chance to be seen. Um but see, then it's then it's like, kind of like ego. So I want to be seen, but I don't want to do the the, the, the open call. Right. It's kind of like it's it's, it's kind of catch twenty two kind of thing. And um, then I get recommended to go and see Neil. Neil calls me in. You know, I'm thinking I'm coming in for a casting. No, straight into fittings. You know, and oh, interesting. Um, oh. You know, yeah. and uh, they try you out in a, in a, in some different outfits or or they're thinking of you as, as being a certain creature mm-hmm. like i was going to be part of varmick's gang um with paul warren right and they plant so i was going to be part of their gang and then they change things around next thing you know i'm thinking well if that's as close as i get to star wars i can't complain because i've been seen right <laughs> i was like right i'm like hands down this is my moment i'm i'm going to celebrate right yeah, they sure. don't need but they saw me and then um, I get a call a week or two later um, asking me if I come in and if I might work on my knees. Mm. And I'm like, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I, that was my phone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it fits the theme. So D, no issues whatsoever. <laughs> so, so yeah, so where was I? So I, I get called in, I get called in. Um, uh, fitting for yeah, Varmix gang. Then it gets changed. I work on my knees, and then it turns into um, Kratinus. And then I'm yeah. teamed up with Tom Bell, who plays Prashi. And um, 
yeah, to think that just from those two dudes, we're still here. It's, it's, yeah. oh man, it's just, you know, it's insane. It's insane. I imagine you take a step back sometimes and you just kind of look at it. Like, like you said, and, and beautifully said, it, it's not about necessarily what you had to go through. It's the experience of being in it. It's the experience of being a part of it, which is so important. Every, every minute of our jobs are, as the word says, it's a job. It means it's work, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so whether you're working in a harsh environment without a costume on, whether you're working with a costume on, whether you're working with actors that gel with you, whether you're working with actors that, that you kind of don't get on with, but you're having to find these characters, that, that's all work. And there is... There's no point complaining about what it takes to make something work. That's right. You know, I heard a story, and I, I'm not sure if it, if it was something that I saw on um, the Muppet Guys talking with Frank Oz and the, and the gang. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was, they were talking about a campfire scene. Um, no, 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 no. I think it was, is it little, is it Kermit's nephew? Um, oh, yes, Robin. Yeah, sitting on a, on a which, log. Which is my name, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you were sitting on that log. I was sitting on that log. What's going on? Jeez, come on, Frank. Throw me a bone here. It was Kermit singing. um, uh, Oh, was it uh, the Rainbows? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) It's got Rainbows. Yeah. Um, Fathers and me. Lovers and dreamers. Oh, yes. Yeah, right. But they they were talking how, you know, Jim Henson was was in that bog. You know, in this little tube, and he was in there. Film. Look, that couldn't have been. That couldn't have been nice. That couldn't have been great. No. They they had scenes in Muppet movies where they're sat around a campfire, where they're sat buried in dirt. You know, it's right. just like. But what's on the screen is is worth every ounce of every sweat penny, and agony yes. and and toil. <laughs> oh, for sure, and it, and it translates yeah. so well. So yeah, we we all we all kind of find a way to to make these suits work because they're not normal clothing you know if i'm in a droid suit um or stephanie or nathan's in a droid suit we kind of we know not to push we know what the um uh how far you can go in these suits without straining them or hurting yourself because if you if you go against the suit you know you don't want to do that it might take it might take offense to that (laughs) you know um but but also with with the, the bigger suits um, and the bigger heads, um, mm. it's yeah, it's all for the art, and and it it's so worthwhile because some of these scenes are micro moments, um, but the cohesive uh, family of of people, of talented people behind it to make it work is incredible. That's such an amazing backstory. I mean. This is the stuff that you can only get when you talk to somebody who's actually been there, done that, and has experienced it all, D. I mean, that's, that's such an, some fantastic insight when it comes to that. But before I call this thing a wrap between our conversation, one of the We're things... We're done? I know, right? It's one of those things. But I have to talk to you about this because one of the things I like to say is sometimes the best conversations happen before I hit the record button. And you are a big music person, much like myself. And, of course, the one thing that I bring up during a conversation before I hit the record button is George Clinton and, and, and the Parliament Funkadelic. And, listen, 
I am a huge soul man. I love myself some classic soul. D, what have you been listening to recently? Because people who follow you and everything, they've been seeing your Facebook page recently. But what's the which which what are your jams right now, man? I gotta know. Right now, if anybody you know anybody who knows me, you could ask me that and expect to get a different answer. But it's always going to be the same because I listen to Prince every day. Oh, you know, yes. I've got so much of, of his material that it's just on shuffle. And I'm taking, I'm taking back to the 80s, I'm taking through the 90s, I'm taking Oof. backwards and forwards. Yeah, just constantly. Um, anytime I take a break from that, I'm listening to the 80s. I'm listening to 80s music. Why? Because 80s music, like Prince, it just changes your mood. You know, anytime you're feeling down or something like that, you put on an 80s tune, you could, all of a sudden you're hearing, wham, bam. I am a man. Yes. You, you smile on your face. Oh, it's <laughs> one of the best things. Oh, my goodness. I can't even tell you how many times that song has come on the radio when I'm driving to work in the morning. And I'm like, dude, I am ready to take on whatever my boss throws at me today. <laughs> yeah, see, the eight, the 80s just encapsulate, encapsulates all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, modern music now doesn't do that for me. I might hear one or two tunes or anything like that but otherwise i won't know what's in the chart um i'm just solidly about listening to good music that changes my vibe or takes me somewhere you know um and talking about parliament and, and things like that because i've been posting those album covers up um chocolate city um yes. and um bootsy's rubber band mm. the, uh, the whole packaging behind the funk um went from comic book to live action but the live action mm. was on stage, you know, and it was music, you know, and, and the characters had concepts. Yes. The songs had concepts. So everything you were getting was, was fueled by this overriding um, concept of the funk. And the funk was um, unashamedly creative. It, you know, um, you'd have a star child on, on stage in an, in mm. an Appian and, and, a, and a dummy in his mouth. But you can't fault what he's playing. You can't no. fault the fact he just come off the mothership with George Clinton. You know, oh, yes, it's I know. you know that's that's the show. That that's is the, the show. Sh- you know, I was talking to someone the other day, and and um, I said, no, I like Ed Sheeran. I can listen to his music. Um, I, I can't see myself going to a concert because I like to go to concerts where there's a big show, there's some entertainment, there's yes. some kind of. Oh. You know, um, like I, like I said, I'm box office man. <laughs> you know, yeah, for sure. That's one of the things you just brought that up, and is something that has been driving me nuts more recently because I've gone to a lot of you know, like um, I, I'm trying to think off the top top of my head more specifically, like fits in the tantrums and some of these other acts. You know, they have right. that big intro where they come out and everything. And then they go right into the music, and there's no flashing lights. There's nothing really like I. I remember thinking back, like growing up, the stuff that my parents played me, and then I'd watch like James Brown. I'd watch him on the screen. I'd be like, he is he is not just an artist. He is an entertainer. I am waiting to still see somebody yeah. come out of the woodwork here. That's an entertainer. Yeah. You go there and you get the full package when you go to see them. I don't pay 125 bucks for a ticket to go and see somebody just stand there and then point a mic at me and make me sing it. I, I need somebody to be up there. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I worked as a steward at Wembley Arena, Wembley Stadium. Oh, wow. Um, huh. Way back in the day. So I saw I saw full spectrum. So I was happily surprised when I saw Paul Simon and he just sat sure. there on a stool. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's like, certain people yeah. that it works for, oh. yeah. 
Yeah. Or 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 what's the guy's name? Um. Oh oh. I, how can I forget his name? Oh, I've I forgotten his name. Forgotten his name. He's a big soul singer. Yeah, just trust yeah. Me. But people like that, and then there's Anita Baker. You know, mm. um, that was a surprise. And this this little black woman on this on this, um, is it uh this round stage, and in the center of the arena, and she's just there in this in I think it was like this peach peach dress that with this flowy skirt, and she just twirled around. And my mate came up to me afterwards. And he says, "You enjoyed that, didn't you?" And I says, "What do you mean?" He says, "You stood there with your mouth open for the whole concert." <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so you know, you know, you can you can go to an Ed concert and have that experience. Absolutely. Um, and and I can have that experience if I'm not expecting it. But if I have a choice of what I want to go and see, I want to go and see Madonna play. I want to go and see Michael Jackson play. I want to mm. see Prince play. I want to see Janet play. I want to see the big show performers. It's um, George Benson. That was the other dude oh, I was George thinking Benson, about. George Benson, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry, George. George, man, it's all good. <laughs> but it's it's one. Of, it's it's things like that. But. Every it's like I can enjoy going to a movie and watching certain movies that are kind of you know real or bi- autobiographical or something mm. or whatever. I I I'm just like a candy child, man. I just want to see the candy on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and I think what I love about Star Wars is is that it gives you that every single time. It does. And your mind one minute you're watching it and you're thinking about the prequels then you're watching it and then you're thinking about what's coming after and then you're thinking of it's i was watching what was i watching last night i was watching the new hope last night as oh, you do yeah. right? yep. but with, with, with george's commentary on it oh how yeah? great is it, that oh, yeah yeah it's just it's just it's just absolutely brilliant and um he's talking about he's at the stage now where he's talking about um a new hope and mm. he's talking us through empire and all those types of things but he's talking to us from the point of view there he's just about to start the prequels wow That's so so cool. he's flag- so he's flagging certain things that he's he's going to have to elaborate on you know so you know if we're going that far back we're going to have to establish establish a um a cultural society how it's run you know um and then um put layers on top of that to then create the personal dramas and the stories or whatever and then you get the prequels and you get this political undertone which tells you that's the way things have always been and always Mm. will be (laughs) right and 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 your emperor will be whoever is ruling you at the time (laughs) you know yeah you know but but it's all there right but uh, but it's but it's it's maybe for the adults to watch or, or to grasp and get, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I see what you're doing. Well, but the rest of it is this story interwoven into it, you know, which comes down to um, the dark side and the light, you know, and what I like to call the polarities, you know, um, when people wow. talk negative about Star Wars and they're doing it so intellectually, you know, and, um, and they're saying this is what's wrong with it and, um, this bit was too corny and this bit was, was too childish or is, you know, it's, you're right. You're absolutely right. 100%. If that movie was being made for an adult market. Yeah. But it's, which means that these, these, these negative uh, comments or whatever gain momentum, you know, and like-minded people who don't understand what we understand will jump onto that, but then not know that, the overarching arc of what they're all about is being run by a Sith Lord that wants to spread hate. 
Mm. Yeah, and using these numbers that that deem um, their points of view valid um, as leverage, and they and then they in turn support back with yes, let's spread this hate, let's let's make this our thing or whatever. And I'm like, man, you know, look, someone is telling us a story. It's their story to tell. You know, it's up to you whether you want to appreciate it or not, whether you want to get it or not. But yeah. it's someone else's. You know, and either you buy into the into them as storytellers or you don't. You know, it's as simple as that. But and then if you've got real major issues, pick and choose which movies out of your collection you want to watch. Absolutely. Or, or want to buy, which tells the story the way you want it to be told. You know, but this this thing, this you know, it it needs this momentum and this 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 hatred thing. Um, I think it really does need to be fleshed out. It, I think um, the whole fandom needs a purge. And and people need to realize that just because I say I'm a Star Wars fan and then someone else says I'm a Star Wars fan, that we have the same take. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? It's, it's, it, you know, too many, too many people who've come in who don't understand. They've come in at a young age and they don't understand what the whole thing's about. You know, they've grown up thinking it's about this and it ain't about that. You know, it's about whatever they want to tell you it's about. Yeah. You, you said it right there, D. and what's so important is, and I've said it on the podcast here, and I've heard a lot of other great, fantastic Star Wars podcasts talk about this, and people who are associated with Star Wars too, and it's the line of, Star Wars is, has always been a pick-and-choose universe. You like the legend stuff? Just go read the legend stuff. You like the animated stuff? Just go watch the animated stuff. They're giving you all these stories to envelop. It's pick-and-choose, man. It's like it's like your cable yeah. networks. You go ahead and you choose what channels you want to watch. You know, and and I'm not going to charge you 150 for it. I'm going to give you whatever yeah, the best price is. They're being schooled with something that should be common sense. Yeah, seriously. You see, that's what it, that's what's happening. And and as the world progresses, we're noticing that there's a bigger divide. <laughs> you know, yeah. on all things, on all things lacking common sense. It's just. And it's just the way it is. And you're thinking, wow, you just can't even enjoy a movie and put and put that mentality aside for one second. Yeah. You know, when they say they're making these movies for you and they're your movies, they don't mean it literally, dudes. <laughs> you know? yeah, no, seriously. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It's common sense. It really does become common sense. But, but I've listened. I've listened to one or two of your podcasts. I've listened to one where you where your friend was drunk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because because he was still he was he was so focused in making sure that everything he said made sense and it was brilliant. I was transfixed. But I loved what I love the most is the fact that it's 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 all about. Oh my goodness! Did you see this? Did you see that? Wonder what that means. Oh, that's how I love talking about Star Wars. Yeah, you know that's the only way to talk about Star it Wars. Is. When you start bringing in negative things that don't fit, don't if if a twelve year old wouldn't have a problem with it, you should have a problem with it. For that's sure. it. Yes. Yeah, and let's just get on with these movies. But it's it's that's what I like to hear. I like I like talking to guys like you and. And Steel and Skywalker, all those guys, and Jedi Brian, you know, there is a community out there that I wasn't sure was still there. Sure. You know, I yeah. I, I, I did my first podcast, I think, with, with, with Steel, and I was a bit nervous about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's turned into a beautiful relationship, you know. Absolutely. Um, 
and, and I've met um, loads of lovely, genuine Star Wars fans, you know, who who love this stuff. I'm only here doing this because I realized I realized when I was in Savarine that I grew up watching the behind the scenes. You know, I watched the behind the scenes of so many films and things like that when I was a kid, trying to work out how they make these movies and understand them. Right. And 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 I see Jim Henson and Frank Oz on the set of a movie. Right? Yeah, seriously, I'm like, huh? What's that? Oh, that's more Star Wars, right? Because I knew yeah. about Star Wars. I remember seeing the trailer on TV. And and um, being too young to go, you know. Um, but then seeing the making ofs, and then seeing the VHS movies, mm-hmm. and then I got heavy into the documentaries. So how he made them, the struggle that he went to make them, yeah. what his intentions are behind these movies. Ever, you know, it's and it's so inspiring when the world is against you, and you're trying to create something so beautiful or something that just they just don't grasp yeah. that that. Power of self belief and that drive. Huge. If you, you don't have that, you need to watch this documentary about what George went through, and then have second thoughts about what you want to say about the man's product. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> you know? Yes, know the man before you start talking about him. You know, that's been. My, I think that's been my. He. That's been my core drive as an actor, not knowing whether I was getting anywhere near Star Wars or not, but knowing, seeing people achieve things like that when the world's against you. You know, when I said as a kid, oh, yeah, I want to be an actor. I want to do big blockbuster movies. You know, next thing was up, they, they would say, is, so what's your secondary choice? You want to be an electrician? You want to be a banker? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, no, why can't I just, why can't I be a, working on big blockbuster movies? Yeah. Because that stuff doesn't happen. It's impossible. Oh, you that's know? a dangerous uh, word. Never tell me, never tell D, never tell anybody that something is impossible. Like Han says, never this- tell me the odds. Listen, if we're here, it means we are possible. And, and, and individually, it means I'm possible. And if I'm possible, nothing's impossible. Dig it? <laughs> I completely dig that 100%. I think about the podcast. I was just talking with my co-founder, Sean Michaud, this morning. And I'm like, wow, we've only been around two years. It started as a basement podcast two wow. years ago. And we were just down there with crappy recording stuff. And we were just sitting there and we were just bursting out about Star Wars and it hit. And one of the best things about now sitting with UD, sitting with some of these fantastic individuals in the Star Wars universe and the fans, most importantly, is that you look back and you do have to remember your roots. One of the things I always carry with me every single day is I reflect back on and sometimes it can be a dangerous thing, but in the right moments, sometimes the best thing you can do is reflect back and say, where did I start and where am I going? Look, you you always have to retrospectively look back on 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 those milestones or those 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 significant moments in your life yeah. because when you were there, there was no way you could perceive how you were going to get to here. You know, That's all right. you knew is that you were going to. Yeah. Yeah. That's and right. when you look back and you see things like that, it means that anything you want tomorrow is not impossible. Like we've just said, just just you know, I'm. I'm and looking at my career and looking at the choices that I've made, mm-hmm. um, hoping to one day get to do blockbusters and 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 now work for the mother of them all, you know. Yeah. Um, you, yeah, I, I can't I can't really verbalize it in a in a, in a sense, but sure. it's kind of like well, 
always believed it. Didn't know how it was going to happen, but always believed it. And I think yeah. it's about holding on to what you believe and, and having the imagination to create around that as much as you can. Um, whether it's writing stuff down, drawing stuff down, doing stuff, but, you know, just charging up that energy that will help move you to the next stage or, or bring what it is that you want to you as an option, because there is no other way that I've done it, you know, and mm -hmm. there's, and I mentioned before on, on a podcast, I think it was with Jedi Brian that I had, um, I've, I've had posters all over my, my wall as a kid. I had posters yeah. of Batman, Tim Burton's Batman. I wanted to be a runner on it. Then mm -hmm. I ended up being... I'm a Gotham City police officer on Batman Begins. Then um, I wanted. To, then I had posters of Madonna on the wall, um, and I went to see her concerts and stuff like that. Then I met her at Top of the Pops with my band. Then I had posters of Jodeci on the wall. They remixed some of our tracks. Wow. And then I had uh, of MC Hammer. Then I got an audition for MC Hammer out in Oakland. Um, I had posters of Prince. Then I got to meet the MPG. Um, mm. Spider Man, big Spider Man fan. You know, and um, got an autograph sent to me from by Stan Lee because I made a phone call to the BBC saying, "Yeah, it's details. Can I can I get a, can I get an autograph?" They said, "Oh, he's just left for Scotland. We'll see what we can do." Wow. A week later, it came in a post. You know, um, and the one poster that's never come down off my wall has been um, Star Wars: A New Hope. So, 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 what does that say? You you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just huge. In that, being, remaining in that bubble of inspiration for what it is that you want to do or want to achieve, I think that's what 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 helps you endure the the time that it may take. You know, but but you can't you can't have any doubts, you can't have any fears. Those are lies, man. <laughs> they are indeed lies. You <clears throat> have to make your own future be able to work yourself along the way and like you said just always be inspired find find that yeah. little thing that keeps you moving it's so so important and it's a, and it's a passion i can't imagine you doing starting off the way that you did without passion you had to right. have passion you know what i mean you didn't care about what the, what the studio looked like just as long as you had the equipment and that's, yeah, that's all right. that matters is that internal passion it means you're sincere yeah you know and that's and being sincere, being sincere to yourself and to your dream. It means that you're pr you're actually physically proving something, yeah. as opposed to sitting there dreaming about something, saying, "Well, I'm I'm proving it because that's what I want. I'm just dreaming about it." No, you physically have to do something to back that up. That and that's such a fantastic, fantastic piece of advice for Mister Details here, heading <laughs> into the fandom and inspiring <laughs> all of you out there to. Uh, I'll be holding to live Jedi. What's that? <laughs> I'll be holding Gemini. Sorry, I'll be holding Jedi se um, seminars soon. Oh, that's so cool! I'll I'll sign up for a details <laughs> Jedi seminar anytime soon. That's fantastic, fantastic. All right, D, we are at the conclusion here, the unfortunate conclusion of make the jump here. But before I let you go, there's one thing that we like to do here on the podcast network at the very end. It's a little thing we like to call plug time. And basically what this is, is where can the good people find you and what you're doing across social media? Oh, wow. Um, you can find me on Twitter. And uh, um, I think it's just details, just one word, D-E-T-A-I-L-S. And um, I'm on Instagram as digital underscore star. 
um, or you can type in details, and then it's just a choice between me and a dog grooming company. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's real, man. I keep plugging them every single time. They haven't they haven't reached out to me or anything, but I keep plugging them. Come on, and, with um, the details. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm on I'm on Facebook. I think I'm details five on on Facebook. I don't know, but you should be able to spot me. I've got a picture of Daffy Duck. There'll always be a picture of Daffy Duck. This one's with him taking a bath in a red cup. Oh, how perfect is that? Daffy Duck in the red solo cup. Oh, the solo cup. Oh, I get it. Oh, that's that's clever. I'm I'm, I'm waiting to be told at some point, you know, you're going to have to put Daffy aside and and pick up Donald, man. But I don't know. I don't know, man. I like Daffy. Daffy's cool. Daffy's my boy. Daffy's your boy. Remember that, folks. Detailed boy is Daffy Duck. Oh, my goodness. You guys can follow me over on Twitter at Mr. Tweets. Please make sure to head on over to Instagram. Follow all my tomfoolery in the Star Wars universe at the official vote. Please make sure to check out the Brick City Blockade over on Twitter at Brick City Blockade and over on Instagram as well. www.brickcityblockade.com is the spot to go for everything happening in that galaxy far, far away and things here at the podcast network. Also, please make sure to subscribe, rate, comment, do all that awesome stuff on iTunes, iHeartRadio. Listen, there's no no other place you can find us. We're on every single podcasting app and website, so make sure to listen to us over there. And also, please make sure to head on over to TeePublic, pick up one of our awesome t-shirts. It helps support the podcast network. Uh, we even have a little bit of a Dex's Diner throwback with Flo herself, uh, so you can get yourself on a coffee mug which is a nice little addition to our uh, friendom and our fandom alone. So make sure if you, all you listeners out there, make sure to pick one up details. My friend D this has been such an awesome conversation. Thanks so much for coming on the blockade. (laughs) That's right. Brick city. Any time of the day, D thanks again, man. We hope to talk to you real soon. Hey, no problem. Good talking to you, man. Good meeting you and everything. It's all good. I love it, man. And As we always say here at the Podcast Network, thank you so much for listening, and may the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. Peace.